This is someone who we have known for years and years and years and years. I think probably years and years and I can't remember them. Let's pray. Will you pray for her? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this amazing young woman who is mighty in you. Father, thank you for the favor of God that rests on her. Thank you, Jesus, for the presence of God that dwells in her. And I pray, God, that as she shares the truth of your word with us, that we would be delighted, Lord Jesus, that you would want and desire to speak to us this morning. I pray, Father, that we have ears to hear what it is you're going to say to us. And I pray, God, that there would be no stubbornness, but only a suppleness and a vulnerability over our lives here today. That we would hear what it is you're saying to your church. And Father, for Camilla, I pray you bless her. You bless her in Jesus' name. You pour out as she gives out, as she speaks. Just continue, Father, to pour in the power and presence and might of your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I've actually been amazed for the last week, the encouragement and support that like you guys and you know who you are throughout the week have given me. So thank you before I start. Um, last couple of weeks, Martin's been taking us on a journey through um, different things. The first week we had Be Open. <laughs> and we talked about um, Matthew 5 and living as a light on the hill not hiding away under a basket, having an open house. The second week we went on to being free and walking in freedom and actually not letting people make our race stumble. Like um, The week after, that was a bit of um, comparing the Gospels and looking at what's it mean to be a believer, a follower, a disciple. And then last week we looked at belonging to Christ. Has anybody been challenged for the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Does anyone feel like their lives are different? If not, go watch the podcasts again, I'd say. This week we're looking at John 15. So if you want to get that up, turn it on, switch, like turn into it. Here it goes. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burnt. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. I have loved you even as the Father loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father's told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Main focus of this whole scripture is verse 8. 
When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to the Father. And so we've gone on this like journey for the last couple of weeks. And this week we're touching on what is a true disciple. If there's a true disciple, can there be a fake disciple? And throughout the scripture, I picked up on three different like ingredients, like you'd say, to being a true disciple. Um, Jesus is the one saying this, and he's saying it just before he's about to go die. He's predicted his death, his betrayal, Peter's denial, the Passover's in Jerusalem, and he's just washed all their feet, and now he's telling them all this. He's promised them the Holy Spirit, and he's preparing them to go live their lives without him physically there. So the first point I'm going to touch on is fruit. We've talked, we got, this was prayed just now about fruit in our lives, The first couple verses goes, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that bear fruit so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So the first question is what is fruit? That's like the obvious in my Bible (laughs) It says, what is fruit? And over the last term, we've been learning about fruits of the spirit in youth and in kids. And there's the nine fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The fruit of our lives should be the outcome of our lives. It should be the, the actions, the thoughts, our desires, the way we make other people think, the way we make them feel when we walk into a room. But out of those nine fruits, what type of fruit do you produce? Do you produce that fruit? Can you honestly say that everything you do is done in love? You try and have faith in everything you do. You control yourself. You don't let other things control you. What are you planted in? It says about a severed vine cannot produce fruit. And you think of just a stick on the ground. It doesn't look dead necessarily you can still use it as a sword you can still put it in a fire to make fire and but you don't know it's dead until you actually look at there's nothing actually feeding it anymore there's nothing watering it there's nothing going into it and like you can't produce fruit for Christ unless you're living with Christ you can't produce things for Christ unless you're feeding yourself them so what are you planted in does your life reflect the world or does it reflect Christ Fruit is the evidence of what tree is planted. It's literally the product of the seed. So we, f- we see here that like Jesus is the grapevine. Great- Jesus is the seed. He was sown into our lives every whenever we all said yes to Jesus. And we've grown into a branch or a disciple or whatever you call yourself today. But the whole point is to produce fruit. So are you? If somebody was to describe you, would they be describing Christ? So if you turned around and said, <laughs> oh, tell me something about myself. Do I, what am I like? What am I like? And I did this, I texted a couple of people, but I haven't got my phone to say what my answers were. But would they describe Christ at the same time? Because if I say, oh, you're a jealous person, well, actually that doesn't count. If you're, <laughs> or you're really quick to anger, oh, well, that doesn't describe Christ. But if I say you're a loving person, you're gentle, you make me feel good. Actually, that does describe Christ. But what about the you who lives at home? Because I could describe all of you right now with a word and it might describe Christ. 
but I don't know you when you live at home. I don't know the type of person you are there. I don't know the type of person you are in the middle of an argument, in the middle of the times when people call you out or people do something that makes you anger. This whole thing of a fake disciple, right? When I was in college, I loved a house party. I was the queen. I <laughs> would go to one every weekend. You wouldn't know because I'd still come to church the next day wearing last night's eyebrows. And <laughs> this was a serious thing that I used to turn around to the boys and say, I've still got last night's eyebrows on. Um, but nobody really knew because my persona on a Sunday would be as if I'm, I'm a true disciple. But my friends, the people I used to go to a house party with and stuff, they turned around to me and they were like, what's the point? Why do you do all that? Because you're just a fake Christian, aren't you? And I'd be like, what are you, what are you on about? And it was partially because they'd like to wind me up, but also because they saw me doing stuff that a Christian shouldn't be doing. And in their eyes, they just saw that like Christians got this set of rules and I wasn't following any of them when they saw me. So they were like, you're just a fake Christian. And like I said about the... What about the you who lives at home? The you that gets frustrated? The you that gets annoyed? When you're tired, how do you react? In that moment, who are you? Are you a disciple, a believer, a follower? Or are you just you? Are you just living for your own self? The next part of the verse goes on to say, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Some branches are burnt and gathered into a pile. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And Bill pointed out this when we were talking and it's this whole idea of remaining. And it's repeated so many times. Remaining means continue to exist, especially when other similar people or things have ceased to do so. At the time when Jesus is saying this, he's just said that one of his disciples is going to betray him. And he's saying to the disciples that, like, are you going to stay in me? Like, one of your mates isn't going to, so are you? And we've all sat in church before with someone next to us who isn't here right now. We've all had friends who have walked alongside us, stood shoulder to shoulder with us, but now they're not standing anymore. But are you going to stand in Christ and remain in Christ when everybody else has walked off? even if you're the only branch on that tree. To remain in God isn't about just believing or just following Christ. So saying like, yes, you've ticked the box. I've said the prayer. That's it. You've got to be, you've got to have like an active relationship. You can't just buy a plant, put it in your room and that's it. Because it dies. Trust me, I know it dies. (laughs) You've got to water it and you've got to feed it. And the things with us is we're the same. You can't just have us, like like I said earlier, about be a stick on the floor because we're not going to get fed or watered. But how do you do that as Christians? We used to call it spiritual exercise. And it wasn't about doing your squats or anything. But it was about hearing and obeying the Spirit, having an active relationship, diving into the Scriptures, worshipping God, prayer. Martin, on the first week, asked us, what's your relationship with Scripture like? And for me, I got challenged on that because it's hard being one of the main things with like studying theology is you end up looking at like a textbook and you don't want it to look like a textbook. You want it to look at it like this is the word of God. So it's really hard to have a devotion time whilst then studying it and looking at the biblical context of all the writings. 
So what is your, your relationship with scripture like? Has it improved since Martin first brought us that challenge? What about worship? Do you only worship on a Sunday morning when Martin's leading us? Is it your heart that's crying out or is it just your lips repeating the words? Do you pray only when the hard things come? Do you pray only when um, it's like mock season at the moment in school and like a teenager's prayer life goes up and as soon as Christmas comes, we forget and like we wait wait for the next cycle to come. But are you, do you remain firm in your prayer life when the bad things come, but also when the good things come? There's a song that it's like, God, I'm going to praise you right now because of the good things you will do. Like, not necessarily right now, but you will do it. Why is it so important to remain in God? Well, because we need to be watered and fed. There's a quote that's like, um, you can preach the gospel without speaking words. And like, lots of people are like, oh, don't say that. But at the same time, you can't relationally preach the gospel with words unless you're living the gospel. Thanks. <laughs> and this last bit, I have loved you even as the Father loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friend if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for you to my name. This is my command, love each other. And it all goes back to this, Jesus died for you. Like the whole point of this whole book is because Jesus died for you and he wants you to live in a relationship with him. In 1 John 4, 7 to 8, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to live for one another, for it comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And do you do that? Would somebody turn around and call you loving? Because if you're not loving people, then you're not showing Christ. It is the easiest, sometimes, way to show God, but it's also the hardest. I had a situation go on this year that I fell out with a friend and everything in me wanted to be a 20-year-old girl and just, like, cause drama. Like, I didn't want to be, like, me. I didn't want to be, like, I didn't want to show love through it. I didn't want to be have patience. I was like, I want to be a normal 20-year-old, scream and cry and just kick off. But I couldn't. And it's sometimes the hardest thing ever to show love. But that's what God did for us. He literally died. A lot of us aren't going to end up in a position where we have to die for someone. But every day we do make a choice whether to die to ourselves when I going back to the what are you rooted in? Are you rooted in the world or yourself? Or are you rooted in Christ? Bill said something earlier that said every action is either from love or from fear. And fear is all about us. We get so distracted with how this is gonna play out in my life. How's this gonna how's this gonna make them see me? How's this gonna all of these fears are all because we're just so absorbed in ourselves. Whereas love doesn't look at us anymore. Love looks at the other people. How can I affect their lives? In Parents and Tots, we 
we talk, we give them tea. And I said, I was like, we don't know what this tea is going to mean to them. Like some of us might want to just go home to bed, but we don't know what these little acts are going to do. So I'll go back to that verse eight. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciple. This brings great glory to the father. Do you want to be a true disciple first? It's not going to be easy. It is hard. Like we need to try and actively produce fruit. It's not just going to be an easy thing. Like we need to choose these nine things. The love, the joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the only way the kingdom of God is going to advance here. Like we've been talking so much about being fishers of men, but we can't say like our God is a loving God when we hate the world. We can't say that, oh yeah, God's forgiven me of all my sins. I've done this, 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 but you can't forgive that one person who in your, in your life. So it's a choice whether you want to do this or not, because Bill asked you earlier, how do you give glory to the Father? How do you use it just by your singing those words this morning? Or is it actually by your lifestyle? Is it by the things you do? Yeah. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for um, just this word, Lord, of this challenge in our lives, Lord. Lord, I pray that everybody in this room didn't hear me, Lord, but they heard the Holy Spirit speak to them. Lord, I thank you for um, the fact that your son came and died for us, Lord. And now today we have the choice whether to die to ourselves and live for you. Lord, you said the, the greatest love is to lay one's life down for one's friend. And Lord, we count you as a friend. So are we willing to do that? Are we willing to give the greatest act of love? And are we willing to see our friends and our community transformed by it? Amen. Well done. Oh, can I have a look at it? Oh. It's not as not as everywhere as yours. The, yeah, no. But this is like the fourth. <laughs> is it the fourth one? Yeah. Do you want a photo for your and because you know, I think we should introduce audio um participation from the crowd. Where because if when you kind of give us those sucker punches, we should go, ooh. <laughs> oh, ah. And we should you know, we should interact. Yeah. I think it would be quite quite an experience. But well done. Well done. You, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You need to respond to what you heard. Um, I said to Camilla, this is an exercise that she has to do for college. Um, but I said, I don't want you to think that you're just doing this because I'm, we're not just making room for you because this is a college exercise that she has to fulfill to honor college. Um, I feel that w- this young lady needs to speak more often, yeah. a lot more often. And I said to her this morning, you, what, you're bringing, what you're bringing today is not a college exercise. It's a kingdom priority. And I, I really feel that. This is the okay corral, according to what I heard this morning. This is a place to be okay. But you need to be okay with you and you need to be honest with you about some of the things that Carmela has challenged you with. You know, if internally you were going, ooh, ooh, Carmela, that was a bit hard. That was a bit too straight. Respond to it because it's not Carmela. It's Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit. 
And we, I've just so enjoyed the pushing that we've experienced this morning to make room for him. Uh, you wouldn't believe how uncomfortable I get at times. But I was so reminded of that prophetic picture of the cutting edge and the bulldozer that we had. And so thank you. I want to honor you in front of our family that we stand shoulder to shoulder with, Ellen, for just being determined to make room for him in this space. We all benefit from your courage. So thank you. And thank you. We've benefited from your courage as well. And we thank you, Martin, for your courage to just keep singing and singing. Um, I just want to say, brilliant, thank you for this morning, Kamala. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Um, you, you said at the end there that unless we are true disciples, we are not going to see the kingdom of God advance. And that's a real passion for us. We want to see the kingdom of God advance in Shinethli. So the challenge is out there, and I do think we need to respond to what... Um, what you've brought today, you know? Because we've been on this journey about what it means to be a follower of Christ, to be a disciple of Christ, to belong to him. And, and remaining in Christ is key. That we remain in him, we belong to him, so let's belong to Christ. But that means that there needs to be this, this sacrifice. That, you know, sometimes we get, I think you mentioned it, Camilla, that sometimes we get so tied up with ourselves that we become even narcissistic in the way that we live our lives when, when as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, what stands us out is that we live our lives in accordance with what Jesus teaches us, and he teaches us to go and make disciples who make disciples. And so we need to do that. And, uh, and I just love how you brought that. So well done, Camilla. And so I think we need to stand. I think we need to respond to that. And yeah. Come on, let's stand, people. We've stood shoulder to shoulder. It's about, it's about standing saying, I want to make a difference. I want to respond to the challenge that Holy Spirit has brought through Camilla's obedience. So just, yeah, Camilla, would you pray for those of us that are standing? Lord, I thank you that you see our hearts. Lord, that you see where our roots are. Lord, that you see what our true desires and thoughts are. And Lord, I thank you that we're not perfect. But Lord, that you don't expect us to be and you love us in that, Lord. Lord, I thank you that each one of us right now have stood because we want to make a choice, Lord. We want to stop living for ourselves, but Lord, we want to live for you. We want to bring glory to you, Lord, with our lives. So we, we say now, Lord, that we want to die to self and we want to remain in you, Lord, and carry on in your life. Lord, we want to see your kingdom come here. And Lord, we just want to love you and love others in that way. So, Lord, right now, I just pray that the Holy Spirit comes and pours out upon us, Lord. You say that we will be overflowed with joy, Lord. And I pray right now that we can't have enough of your spirit. So I pray for fresh overflowing, Lord, fresh revival in our hearts and um, revelation and even salvation in this place right now, Lord, that we will be able to walk out of this place differently today. Amen.